Welcome to the Women's Utilities Network, One for All podcast, our corner of the world where we'll be talking all things energy, water, sharing personal stories and debating female issues. Enjoy. Welcome to the latest Women's Utility Network, One for All podcast, Negotiating Your Worth. I am Karen Hosking, Industry Advocate at One, and I'm pleased to be joined by Lily Frencham, Chief Executive Officer at the Association for Decentralised Energy, or ADE. Today we were discussing key steps you can take in ensuring that your job offer is just that. Also we'll be considering other steps you can take to negotiate your worth when times call for you to take the lead and communicate your worth, be it in a job interview, discussing a pay rise with your employer, or at any time any other, any other times in your life or career where you feel you need to take the lead to get your views across. So welcome to Lily. Please, can you tell us a little bit about your career journey to date and your current role at the ADE? Yes, sure. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on here. Um, In terms of my career journey, I've had a bit of a zigzaggy one, um, which used to make me a bit nervy, but uh, over time I've learned to embrace and and actually love it a bit. So I tend to follow my nose and gravitate towards interesting projects uh, with my key criteria or common denominators being, am I doing good work with good people? Uh, So to rewind a bit way back when, uh, I started off doing law and also media studies at uni, and I did my honours in international law. I was really interested in politics too, uh, and so all those things culminated in my working in policy and campaigning for an international development NGO in Melbourne in Australia. That led me to a role um, eventually at the Australian Bureau of Meteorology, where I worked on international development programs where we delivered climate science and science communications training in Pacific Islands, which was super rewarding and really interesting. When those projects finished up, I found myself in the UK in the hopes of spending more time with some family over here and ended up in Ofgem, heading up policy and comms on one of the renewable schemes. So after a couple of years there, I saw an ad for a role at the ADE and thought, hmm, this looks interesting. So I gave it a punt and was invited in for an interview, which was super fun and sealed the deal in terms of wanting to work with these people. So I joined them five years ago now as senior policy manager for heat and efficiency. uh, And then in time transitioned to head up operations for the association for a few years, looking at how to optimize um, how the organization runs. And then in January, I became the chief exec, uh, which has been really full on, um, challenging, but really rewarding and super fun. Thank you so much, Lily. The recent results um, of the recent Women's Utility Network survey revealed that five out of 10 women working in the utilities industry feel company culture has hindered their career progression. Just 17% of the utility sector's workers are female, approximately two thirds less than the UK overall workforce. With 48% of participants say they are expected to work harder in a role than their male counterpart. I'm interested, following these key insights gained from the One Network, to know what are the key barriers you see that are preventing anyone to negotiating their worth and what helps you identify and pursue your personal and career goals. So I have a few questions for you, Leah, if I make on today's podcast. Could you outline some of the key barriers that you see that are preventing women applying for a seat at the top table? Yeah, sure. Um, so I have a few thoughts that have have sprung to mind. I also want to say I feel like I'm 
I'm quite lucky because at the ADE, we have um, quite a strong representation of female leaders um, and that ranges from the board through to all levels of staff as well. So uh, there's a really good culture of support there. But I definitely recognise and understand um, the commentary and and stats that have come forward from the survey. So um, some of the key barriers that I have seen over my career that prevent women applying for a seat at the top table, including myself at times. A big one is self-belief. So um, we tend to see the things that we aren't rather than the things that we are um, and often look at opportunities and see the gaps that we would leave. Um, so that's it's a real mindset thing. Another one is a fear of being judged or criticised for asking. Um, so we don't want to be perceived as arrogant so people might think that we think we're all that it's a really interesting thing and i i don't know where it springs from this like oh are people going to be cross with me for for asking the question and then i think a little rogue one and i don't think it's the key factor but i think it does play a part is maybe even the fear that we'll succeed and get granted a seat and then it will be hard and will fall down at points. So growth is really uncomfortable and it can be tempting to avoid the pain of getting it wrong, not being perfect or or struggling to grow and instead stay where we are, where we feel like we can totally nail stuff. So um, I think that plays into whether we pursue a ne- negotiation, which is a process that we dread already. If we think, oh, even if we win, it's going to be quite hard. <laughs> Absolutely. There's some really, really good points you've raised there. So how do you see those barriers being overcome? So someone can clearly communicate their worth. I guess that's 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 probably the next question I have. Yeah. So um I've been really lucky over the last couple of years um to work with a business coach that helped me kind of think of a few um kind of mind hacks or mindset shifts that have helped kind of unlock this for me. So I'll, I'll just share some of the kind of thoughts that I try and trigger um, to to overcome come those barriers. So one is knowing that no one is perfect. So everyone will leave a gap. Um, no one can do everything well. No one can be universally liked. No one has a perfect approach because there is no perfect approach. So um, understanding that everyone's just doing their best and that that's exactly what you would do also if you are successful, uh, I think is a really important one. Second thing is understanding that anyone worth their salt won't judge you for raising the question. So you're not going to be blacklisted or ridiculed. And actually, you you may even gain credibility for, um, you know, asserting yourself and being able to demonstrate or, or communicate a point well. Um, regardless of what the outcome of the conversation is, um, you know, raising the question isn't a bad thing. The third is, uh, I guess, don't see it as an ask, see it as a conversation. So um, you can negotiate in a way that suits you and is true to how you comfortably communicate. I think we get into this, um, we have this idea of negotiation as like a real hardball thing where it's like, I'm going to go in there and really smash it. But actually, like if that's not who you are, um, that's fine. And, you, and there are ways to negotiate that are totally authentic to your own communication style um, and more within your comfort zone. I think the fourth thing is uh, 
remember that particularly with job negotiations, these are really important pivotal points in life to reach a shared understanding of the value of something. They don't come around that often. So it's really important to grasp it when you can. So go in with the mindset of reaching a shared understanding through exchanging information or perspectives about the role and expectations, as well as what is important to you and what helps you to work and live best. Um, because often we think that that's the same for everyone, but it's it's not. And just being able to share your perspective um, can really help um, kind of navigate to the next step. And my final one is prepare yourself. So think about what are the key points you want to raise and what combination of story and data do you have to demonstrate your point? So it can be really easy to end up sounding like a shopping list, um, particularly if you're passionate about an opportunity or what's going on, um, you know, just to like barrel out a whole lot of points. Um, or if your mind works in a different way to just like throw down a, a massive load of data to to prove your point, but not contextualize it. So pulling back and, and thinking about what's one or two key things to focus on um, and then how do I tell that story in a simple, understanding, compelling way? And if there is objective data available to kind of further demonstrate the point, um, to share that as well. So those are my five top hacks. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lily. So next question. Can you give me some examples of times in your career where you have needed to negotiate your worth? Yeah, sure. Uh, so um Earlier in my career back in Australia, I was offered a senior role within the organisation I was with at the time. It was a big show of support that I was chosen and I was really flattered, um, though also completely intimidated to step up um, into that quite a challenging role. When the official offer came through, I saw that the salary was very respectable and that certainly a step up from what I'd been on, but it was below what my predecessor had been on. And my initial reaction was, oh, I, I, I guess that makes sense because um, he, he'd been in the sector longer, so he had more experience to offer, I guess. But something just didn't feel right. Um, I was less experienced, but actually that didn't matter. I was being asked to do the same job. I still expected to deliver the same role into the same high standard. I was taking on the same risks and responsibilities, the same challenges. There's an important lesson here. We can tend to think of a job offer or any kind of offer. Oh, I'm being given an opportunity and it's something that I should be grateful for, but it's also only one side of a coin because you're also um, being asked to step up and, and give something in exchange. And so um, being in this mindset where you know that it's a, it's a, it's a two-sided arrangement, like no one's doing anyone a favour, you're, you're reaching an arrangement that works for both parties, bearing in mind that there would this would be a challenging role. I thought, right, I, I have to tackle this. So I responded to the offer, making it clear that I really appreciated the vote of support. I was really interested and excited, but I wanted to discuss the details. Wasn't a jerk or super hardball about it, but I also made sure I wasn't too flowery and over the top about like how, how grateful I was. Like I was clear this is this is really exciting, but there are some things that are really important to me to make it um, a positive arrangement and, and to make me excited to take it on. So kept it simple, noted my key points and invited a further conversation. I was offered that conversation, 
and almost immediately bricked it. I was like, my gut instinct was to totally shy away from having to actually engage in the negotiation that I'd asked for um, to the point of me being like, I'm just going to write back and say, don't, don't worry, like, let's go with the initial offer. That's that's fine. Because um, I just like didn't want to have the scary conversation. Um, anyway, I worked really hard uh, within myself to resist that urge and tried to think of it as this important opportunity to practice having conversations that felt challenging um, and went in with the mindset of it being about the process rather than the outcome. So it's like, right, even if we end up back at the initial offer, at least I'll know that I have tried and I've I, I've given it a whirl and like that's something that, that the grown-ups do um, and it will gear me up for the next time I have to do it. And of course, on the date, it was not nearly so scary in person and was just a sit down where two people exchanged ideas about what was expected of the role. So it's like remembering that the, the person on the other end is just a person too, right? They're like, they're not that scary. Um, I'm so glad that I did it and it gave me confidence then for other negotiations throughout my career. So like I draw back and, and think about that occasion and think I'm going to practice um, and it's not, it's not so scary in the end. Based on that, have you taken any steps to kind of strengthen your style of negotiation when times have, have kind of called for that? So I've been really lucky to have nurtured some of those skills over my career, um, primarily two ways. So the first is, um, and this is kind of luck more than design, but I've had the opportunity to work with really cool, strong, interesting women who have um, role modelled some really great behaviours and also coach me to figure out who I was and my way of interacting with the world. And that was like, not just the job world, but the, the big wide world. Um, and they definitely taught me to be a bit bolder and clearer about what I want from situations. Um, got, got me into that zone of thinking like people are good and often they want to help you get to where you want to be but they need to know what, where that is. Um, so presuming that people know what you want um, is really unhelpful. And the more you can do to communicate that in whatever style suits you, um, the more you will see kind of a network of people working to help you um, kind of step up in life. Uh, secondly, I've been part of some great support groups and networks in which people have been um willing and able to share their skills with others. So one in particular um, over the last few years that I've been involved in is the District Heating Divas and they had one of their members um, run some training for us on negotiation skills based on a course that they'd done a couple of years before, um, which I found really valuable and it really changed my outlook in terms of negotiation uh, and, and made me think of it as like, this muscle that will get stronger as I use it. So um, you've got to give it a go sometimes and flex that muscle so that um, you keep gaining confidence and getting better at it. And that segues beautifully into my next question. Um, how have you noticed your personal style in negotiation change as you move upwards and forwards in your career? Yeah. So I think the most obvious change has been my willingness to negotiate full stop, um, where I think earlier in my career, I probably equated negotiating with arguing, uh, which is something that I personally hate and makes me really anxious. So I avoided. Um, and 
something that's really helped shift my attitude um, towards negotiating over the years was getting to participate in HR processes, um, particularly those in which we made job offers to candidates, looking at it on the other side and knowing how we think about it when we identify a good candidate and want to get them onto the team, make an offer, and how we react when people come back and want to discuss what's part of their offer and that we don't black mark or judge them. Um, And overall, once negotiation is done, a line is drawn under it and you're just excited to have a good person on the team. It's really helped me to see negotiation in a different light. I'd say the other big change is probably moving from purely commercial or formal negotiation to realizing that you can negotiate in really subtle ways that are more about embracing your own style of communication. So I'm a fairly energetic and I'd like to think positive communicator. So like I'm like jazz hands and and glitter and stuff. Um, and nowadays I bring this to negotiation-y type conversations that I have. So um, I know that uh, one is organizing a negotiation-focused event soon. I really encourage people to take up opportunities to explore those skills and and have conversations about actually how you can negotiate in really different ways. And it doesn't just look like one kind of confrontation um, hardball style thing and, and you can bring your jazz hands to the negotiating table. Lovely. And um, how can we encourage greater development and skills and influence the change needed to support um, women who need empowerment when needed? Yeah, I um, I honestly think that if you change the way you think about negotiating this can really shift things so next time the opportunity comes up to negotiate rather than thinking of it as a battle to be won or lost maybe consider it as a chance to practice communicating and connecting so put aside the outcome and think about the process and how you want to approach it and you know if in doubt give it a go Uh, my great friend and mentor used to say to me if you don't ask the answer is always no so don't let something that's important important to slide by unsaid. Perfect. Thank you so much. That brings me on to my last question um, of today's podcast. It would also be good to hear of other times in your life kind of outside work when your negotiations your negotiation skills have helped you gain a better outcome. Yeah, this is really interesting. I kind of um struggle to think about when I negotiate outside of outside of work, but I think that's because we're all doing it every day all the time, right? It's that mindset of exchange of information and and I think one of the ways that I've tried to work this into my personal life is is trying to internalize that idea that not everyone's brain works in the same way. Um, our perceptions of of value um, and and what's going on can really differ. And coming at it from a place of this is an opportunity to exchange information uh, is really really helpful. Um, and there's a there's a cracking author, researcher, TED talker, Brené Brown, who's um, done some interesting and and funny videos and books. But one of the things um, she talks about is something she frames as the story I'm telling myself. And it's when you react to something, particularly in a, in a defensive way, like if you feel hurt or like you see something going on and you're like, oh, what's, what's, what's happening here? Stepping back and, and thinking of it as the story I'm telling myself about what's happening here is X. And if you can share that with whoever else is is in the room, whoever's the other part of the story, 
you might find that that's the story you're telling yourself, but it's not the reality. Um, and it's, you know, so we bring so much of our, our past experiences uh, and our own personal biases to um, to what we perceive to be going on that often that colours things. So um, knowing that people perceive things differently, come at things differently, value things differently. If we can step back and, and know that our version of reality is our version, it's not reality, that can really help us to navigate everything day to day, whether it's something that your partner said offhand or deciding what you want to do on the weekend or having to deal with some dodgy travel agent who didn't book the right things, even though you were sure you told them to or um you know, it, it's, it can be really, really helpful. So um, it's all around us every day and just being able to jump off from that mindset and with inquisitiveness rather than hurt can really, really help um, and, you know, saves you a lot of personal angst as well. So uh, I'll say I know this is easier said than done because I'm um, a pretty sensitive person and very relationship driven. So I have to practice a lot and kind of talk myself into it. But um, I do think that it's it's genuinely so helpful and you will find yourself in a baseline perkier place than um than before perfect thank you so much lily for joining with one today and to our listeners of the negotiating worth podcast um if we could just quickly ask you um of any resources you have found useful that our network could kind of reference um in um in in kind of looking at how they can negotiate their worth that would be wonderful yeah, sure. So, um, as I said, if, if you get the chance to participate in any negotiation training, I think that's um, that's really great. Um, I know that one also has um, a mentoring program, and I think like just having key conversations with um, people you admire, uh, whether they be strong women uh, or strong allies, um, that's really really helpful and can help you kind of um, play out. Uh, some of the conversations perhaps that you uh, you're a bit scared of um, or find challenging um, the uh, search for networks um, who you can discuss these things with um, I will also mention I've mentioned Brené Brown who I find um, to be really really interesting and like I connect with she's got some cool TED talks um, and a few few good books um, but it's kind of poke around and and find stuff that gels with you. So um, the whole theme of today's conversation has been everyone's different, right? So we we connect differently. And so don't ever take um, the mindset that, oh, well, everyone says that that's really useful. Um, and like, so that's, that's the Bible of negotiating. So I should do it like that, even though it doesn't, I'm not really feeling it. Like, if you're not feeling it, put it down, move on. Like, um, use what's useful to you is my overall message. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lily, for giving your time to One and the Network today. To close today's podcast, I would also like to mention an event being run by One, um, an online event, One for All negotiation webinar taking place on the 26th of October. And you can access that via the One website or via LinkedIn to register. And you will also find the full results of the One survey that I mentioned on the start of this podcast on the One website. And thank you, Lily. And thank you all for joining us for today's One for All podcast, Negotiating Your Worth.